Hi, Mer. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Welcome back to Mom and Murder. This is Mom. And this is Mer. Oh, so Mer, what you been up to? Um, just taking care of old babes. Oh. Haven't done a whole lot. No? Not a whole lot. No. Oh. I'm trying to uh, explore the world with him and learn all the new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love being a mommy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has its moments. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it's for life, girl, so you better love it. Oh, I do. I do. Oh. I loved it, huh? He's How just been being a stink pot the past two days. Yeah, finding his way, doing his thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Staying awake a little longer. Yeah, I think that's the thing is he's just more aware of his surroundings and so he actually gets mad about stuff rather than just sleeping the whole time <laughs> is that right buddy is that right <laughs> he's gonna tell you right now oh i guess he's not he's gonna be okay all right well you have anything else to say about your week it's about it or what that's, yeah that's about it hmm. okay how about your week Oh, my week was crazy busy. Um, I made a really big girl purchase. Yeah, and what was that? I bought two lots. Ooh. For your big old garden? <laughs> it's going to be not in the garden. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, the garden's looking really good. I was just over there today. Everything's looking... The uh, peppers are popping. Got a few tomatoes popping. Yeah, looking good. So I'm excited about that. Um, we're planning a vacation, so that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Where are you going on vacation? To We're going to stay stateside this year. Um, we're going to go to South Dakota. Oh, yeah. fun. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that did happen. Our Colorado trip got canceled. They canceled our flights. Oh, why'd they cancel the flights? I don't know. It, it was all the way in September, and they canceled them already. Like due to COVID or something? or I don't know. They, it is. Well, they have a shortage on pilots, I believe, so hmm. they've been canceling a lot of flights. They offered to uh, – these are the flight vouchers that we – from our canceled trip when COVID started. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, I remember. It's been like three years that we've been trying to use these damn things. So they're offering a refund. So I think uh, we're just going to take the refund because yeah. it's like eight $900. <laughs> I don't blame you because I'm thinking you're not going to want to go anywhere. Yeah. So anyway, when you, when you yeah. asked me to watch Oliver while you go to Colorado, I was like, Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not even happening there's no way she's leaving that baby yeah that's why i planned it before he was born we did lose the money on the airbnb but we only put half down so it's not the end of the world we're yeah. still getting more back yeah that's well that's good yeah you can plan something a little later down the road yeah we said maybe we'll just take the weekend and take him well <laughs> maybe you'll just put all this towards next year Yes, so, that's that's exactly what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, so. 
did I tell you we, I think we are settled on going to Mexico for the wedding. Oh, Mexico. Where Mexico. at? Um, as of right now, I, we've got, we're going to go to a dreams resort, which is like mm-hmm. the one we stayed yep. at. We're going to go to a different one though. I, I've heard dreams are probably the best. Yeah. A lot of, like a lot all of, of them that I've talked to. All of them that I've, we've been looking at is pretty awesome. I think we're going to go to Punacana, but it's a different one there. So far, we haven't looked at all of them there. And we got to kind of look at the p- different packages and stuff. Punicana, that's where we were at. That's in the Dominican. Yeah, there's. they have a different a dream, a different dreams resort. Right. Where are we going in Mexico? Oh, well, there was ones in Mexico that we were looking at. I guess, yeah, the Dominican. We're going to Punicana, maybe. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It's it's between Punicana and Mexico, I guess I should say. Gotcha. Because it was between Bali and Mexico. Belize. Oh, Belize. I thought it was Bali. Okay. No, nope. Belize. I was but talking like, to Mike today and he was hoping it was Cabo. He really wants we, to go to Cabo. We looked, <laughs> we looked at one in Cabo, but like the rooms and everything weren't as nice. But we, he has also heard that the sand beaches were horrible. Like it's no different than going to the Mississippi River. Oh yeah, definitely not. Because so, yeah, yeah, you don't it, want that for we're, wedding pictures. We're wanting to be, we're wanting to kind of do the the ceremony on the beach yes. i think yeah so right yeah so i kind of forgot about all that uh-huh <laughs> yeah, it's gotta, been it's been a packed week gotta look at your stuff gotta look at all the all the things yeah we've been looking at a million different ones it's kind of hard to pick because you know we're looking at pictures we're not like they're yeah, looking at it i know so. that's the bad part about a destination wedding you're not there doing it but it'll be fine it'll be fine You'll it will love be it. fine i mean it will still be on a beach and even if it all goes wrong then we're still gonna have fun i know i, I guarantee i'm kind it. of a little sad that i'm not gonna be on the beach looking at the ocean this year but it, it's fine it's fine so i don't know if we'll hear from eric tonight with his um <laughs> joke of the week but um i guess it's by week but i say week um because he is been working on the van to get it ready to go. So when is your trip planned for? Um, we're leaving. I'm not sure if we're leaving on the 31st or the first. I think we're leaving on the 31st. We're planning on leaving like Friday the 29th or Saturday the 30th. Yeah. But I have a wedding, so we can't leave till after that. So I think we're gonna leave like super early Sunday morning is kind of the the somewhat of a plan right now like you know four in the morning so we can get on the road and get a little further before you know heavy traffic or anything right so it'll be fun I'm looking forward to it I'm super excited he's got a lot of great things planned so oh you're letting you're actually letting him plan it I am Oh, that's I a, know. That's a big step for you. I know it is. And that's why I said, I planned last year's vacation. You have to plan this year's. And it was all, all right. going to be a surprise. So I wasn't even going to know about gonna it. know where we were going. He was packing. He was doing everything. He was packing for me. Oh, goodness. And I was just, I'm like, you know, I don't like that. He's like, I know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to deal with Dan packing for me completely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, due to 
some COVID restrictions and whatnot, um, that plan is not going to happen this year. So maybe mm. not next year because we'll be at a destination wedding, <laughs> but the following year we'll do that one. So yeah, I don't know. Looking forward. Um, yeah, I'm super freaking tired today. Uh, as you've seen, your brother, Tukey, uh, he bought a new cage for the sugar gliders and he has it in the living room. So he brought them down to the living room and put them in the cage to acclimate them to their new environment. Well, I was sleeping on the couch and at like 4 a.m., Momo is just pouncing my head, jumping back and forth from my head to my chest, my head to my chest. I was like, what the, how the hell did you get out? <laughs> so I put him back in his cage. I fall back asleep. Little shit's back at my head. And then by the time I get up and get him, he's on top of the curtains, running <laughs> along the top of the curtains. So I get him back in the cage again, fall back asleep. And then I hear some scattering and like little across the kitchen floor. Yeah. And then I was hearing something on my work desk. Hear the little shit was looking for food because Tukey didn't put their food in there last night. He had unfortunately fell fallen asleep before he put the food in there. So this little shit must have been looking for food and come out here and he's in my jar of M&Ms just eating them like crazy. <laughs> what the hell? <clears throat> yeah. So I've been up since pretty much 430 this morning. So I'm a little tired. Yeah. Damn things. Yeah. So bed early for me tonight, I think. And also wanted to shout out. Um, I know this won't release till when is it releasing the Monday Monday. But uh, yesterday was my sister, your aunt Carolyn's birthday. So yes, I did. I did tell her happy birthday. Shout out to Carolyn to her happy birthday. One more year around the earth. One more trip around the sun. Yep. As I say. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> All right. So I'm a little tired. Um, so stats. They've climbed pretty freaking good this week. So I don't know. Everybody just loved Tukey's episode. I or... think so. You know, he was probably <laughs> listening to it a couple of times <laughs> and then showed all of his friends. <laughs> But uh, I'm just teasing Tukey. Mm -hmm. Oh, so maybe I stand corrected. Eric is messaging, so oh, maybe it is the joke of the week. Um, yeah, he just had to get it in. Yeah, he 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 felt me talking about him probably. Uh, yep, it's the joke of the week. So, um, so anyway, um, stats climbing. We were up seventy four plays since last time so we're at 200 or i'm sorry 823 nice that's, i mean that's crazy for a couple of small town girls that's mom that's and daughter funny. just sitting here talking about murder and missing people and <laughs> oh it's kind of funny so yeah and we have two new states this week oh yeah uh-huh um, 
I'm guessing one is New Mexico. No. Fuck. <laughs> Virginia? No. Shit, I'm really bad at this. Rhode Island? No. Connecticut? No. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the, like, tiny ones. Maine? No. Can we keep guessing or? No, tell me. Okay. It's not Hannah, but it is. Montana. Oh. And Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you just did there. From the sound of music, you don't know that? No. Oh, mom fail. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Mom fail right here. I'm sorry. You really don't know that. No. Oh my God. I was in that musical when I was in junior high. <laughs> and it's it's the same musical when I was singing Boogie Woogie Booga Boy from Company B to him That's- the other day. <laughs> Your fucking younger brother even knew it. He's like, oh my God, that song's like from 40s, isn't it? And you didn't know it. Uh, nope. Guess I gotta watch that. Oh, Just gotta boy. add it to my list. Boy. What is wrong with her? We're gonna have to have a movie night, huh? Yeah, he says, yeah. Like second street go time. <laughs> All right, well, uh, before we get to our story, you wanna give your spew? Well, you can leave us a review on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. Um, otherwise, you can shout us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't forget to send in your listener stories. Yes, please the send them in. Stories from your neck of the woods straight from our website at momandmurder.com. That's M-O-M-A-N-D-M-E-R-D-E-R. Otherwise, you can shoot us an email at momandmurder at gmail.com. Yeah, send in some stories. We want to read some listener stories from your neck of the woods. They don't have to be scary. They don't have to be spooky. They don't have to be paranormal. Missing. It can be anything. We just want to hear about yeah. about your neck of the woods. We want you guys to engage with us. Go ahead and send them in. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, uh, the winner of our um, of the baby guests, the baby birthday guests, when little Oliver here was born. We did that last week. Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Yep. So she reached out to me. So her choice of um, a prize, she chose a tumbler. So those tumblers are so cool. I, I have the red one and it's one of my favorites to use. I know. I hate when Dan, so Dan makes me coffee every morning. And I like almost hide my white cup so that he'll put it in my mom and murder <laughs> tumbler. But... He doesn't like to use it or what? Well, he just, he uses whatever one's on the counter. So I'll like rinse it out and then he'll wash it in the morning uh-huh. and just use the same one, which is kind of gross. And I, that's why I try to like yell at him <laughs> or like I would leave it up in my office all the time while I was working and he would literally go up and get it rather than just grab a new, the new tumbler out of the cabinet. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Dan, that- Dan and his don't want to wash dishes, even though it's, he's still washing a dish to then. <laughs> put the coffee in so i don't really get it but <laughs> damn it dan <laughs> yeah those red ones are pretty cool those are only for you and i although eric tried to swindle mine out of me he's like um i really like that red one if uh so yeah i couldn't find any more of the red 
I literally bought those after Christmas on clearance for $3. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I've even tried to look them up to order them and you just can't, you can't find them anywhere. Well, I guess we got to wait till Valentine's Day. Well, I guess oh. Christmas is coming up first. Yeah. I'm hoping that they'll have some out during Christmas and I'll buy a few of them. And those will be for only special occasions. <laughs> Which reminds me, um, like, I don't know if you want to talk now or talk later, or, you know, because we do, uh, this story is obviously a long one here. Um, we'll talk later about, but just think about what we want to do for our 100 or 1,000 listening episode. I think we should do something cool for that. Like once we one get 1,000 thousand, Yeah. Cause we're oh, 1,000 listens. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I was like. 1,000 episodes? Oh, my God, that's going to take forever. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, especially (laughs) since we do this bi-weekly. But, um, yeah, so, or if anyone has any, if you have any ideas, shoot shoot them out to us. We're we're open for suggestions. So if anybody has any ideas, something cool we could do, maybe a giveaway or, um, like, a one-off. Eric Eric suggested, like, making a one-off of a shirt, like, a one-of only, one-of-one. Yeah. And then that would be neat. give that away. And that's the one and only person that ever gets that shirt. We so, should make a really cool shirt. That's it. Yeah. So I don't know. So maybe we'll, you know, it's got to be something that we can kind of handle too without a. Without not, getting too wild. Yeah. Nothing too crazy because, you know, we're just small town girls living in a lonely world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Should we get on to the story? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So I found the resources for this story from Iowa Cold Cases. Um, Facebook, Find Jody Inc., findjody.com, Unsolved Mysteries, CBS News, and 48 Hours. Now, I wanted to do this case for our last episode because it would have released on June 27th. That day in 1995 changed the lives of many in Mason City, Iowa, which is approximately 174 miles west from here. So does that ring a bell at all to you? Mason City? Any of what I said Jody? so far. No. Jody, June 27th, Mason City. Okay. I forget things a lot. I know you do. <laughs> and I just didn't know if you were familiar. Sometimes I like to know I'm what sure, you know, and then I don't have to say I'm sure much, once but... you once you get going on the story, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, June 27th, 1995. Your, your sister was born, so that's mm-hmm. a minute. Jody Husentruth, a Mason City, Iowa news anchor woman, was believed to have been abducted from a parking from the parking lot of her apartment. I think I did hear about this one. She has never been found. So I wanted to release this episode on June 27th because it is the 27th anniversary of her disappearance. She was 27 years old at the time of her disappearance and went missing on the 27th. It would have been so cool. 27 years ago. This this year. Oh my gosh. That would have been freaking phenomenal. So... 27 years ago, so she has been missing the same amount of years that she was alive. That's just fucking crazy to think about. That's horrible. 
or at least known to be alive, obviously, because we don't know, like, right, since right. she was abducted and we don't know where her whereabouts were from that, you know, we don't know if she was alive for a year or two after or, you know, whatever. Or if she's even hopefully still alive. Yeah, I, yeah, we don't know. But yeah, something just told me to do this case on that day, <clears throat> but unfortunately I didn't get it ready in time. There were so many rabbit holes I went down for this one. Man, there's just so many. I just kept off. Oh, I kept going and going and going. 27 years since Jody was abducted, and this is Iowa's, it's still Iowa's highest profile unsolved case and still remains a mystery today. Jody is still missing. No one has been charged with abducting her and her family and loved ones mark another year with no Jody, no answers. So sad. And I, I, I just can't imagine going 27 years, not knowing what happened to your loved one. Her mom passed away in 2014 at the age, at 91 years of age. So she passed never knowing what happened to her daughter. Like, just, oh. well, that is here on earth anyway. I, I totally believe in the higher power and that they're together again. But still, it, it, it's just horrible that she could not have that peace when she passed, you know. Mm -hmm. And just for someone to take that from her, it's just completely unacceptable to me. Like, I just don't know how you feel you have the right to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> Jody Sue, who's in truth, was born on June 5th, 1968 to Maurice Nicholas, who's in truth and Imogene Jane, who's in truth. She was the youngest of three girls and she was very close to her dad. Her dad passed away when she was in high school, so she had a hard time with that. But in high school, Jody exceeded at golf. She was considered a promising talent. She and her team won the Class A state tournament in both 1995 and 1996. After high school, she went on to St. Cloud State University where she studied mass communications and speech communication, graduating with a bachelor's degree in 1990. Her first job after graduation was with Northwest Airlines as a flight attendant. How fun would that job be? You know, I thought about that. I met a flight attendant at a bar one time and we were like <laughs> just sitting there talking how like fun it is. And he, he actually really loved his job. He's like, I really like it. The only downside to it is you can't really like go out and explore too much because you got to have a flight like the next day or whatever. They don't schedule like too much time in between. Sometimes they do though. And they get to go a lot of places and see a lot of cool stuff. I know. I, I, I thought about that for a short minute and I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be on the air all the time. It kind of throws off your equilibrium and everything, yeah. you know. He said that they can't even fly too much in a week because it just throws everything off. So just imagine what it's like doing to your body, yeah. doing that that many yeah. times. Yeah, that pressure. Yeah. Your body going through that pressure nonstop. I would still do it, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. For a little while. I'd try it. I, I don't, I, you know. I'm not a huge, like. 
I get really nervous on flights, though. <laughs> I get, like, that panic, that, like, panic anxiety uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of freak out. Dan's always like, why are you so, why are you so freaking, freaking out on me so much? It's like, I'm just nervous. You know, I I didn't mention anything. And when we went to Punicana last year, Eric was like, calm uh, down. It's okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, how do you even know I panicked? He's like, I can tell. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, Dan too. Like even just like the littlest things. He's like, why are you freaking out so much? Wow. I get a little anxious, especially on like where we when we have to be like certain places, certain times, like an airport where well, anything guess, can happen. I guess for me, it's oh, we're gonna listen to some cuckoos. It's a grandma's clock. We got you know she'd love it. Yeah. Yeah, she would. Remember, you guys used to set those every day. Oh, my God. Like eight of them. <laughs> but um, I guess my main thing, going back to, you know, the whole Eric planning vacation, is that I like to be in control. So, A, I'm not in control of that airplane. And, B, where the fuck am I going to go if this thing, you know, like, I have nowhere to go. I'm I'm crashing. From a very high altitude, yeah, and I don't like so it. it's so unlikely that it's going to, I'm, like, scared that it's going to, that I'm going to, like, miss the flight and, like, my whole vacation is going to be screwed up. Yeah. That's, like, what I'm I like worried Mike, about. Yeah. Like, they miss their flight and it costs them an extra thousand dollars. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about my friend Kelsey? She was over. Hi, Kelsey. She was, um, shit, where was she? In Spain, maybe? I don't know. She was, like, over in Europe, and they missed their flight. So then the friend, they were, it was a group of three of them. So then the two were able to get on a plane, and then she had to wait there by herself for, like, hours. And then, like, had to fly back and had, like, this layover somewhere. I was like, oh, my God, girl, you are a lot braver than I am. That's, like, one of my biggest fears is, like, missing my flight and, like, just fucking up my whole vacation yeah oh my god that'd be horrible yeah <sighs> okay we're uh so she was a flight attendant she then began her broadcra- broadcasting <laughs> career with cbs affiliate kgan in cedar rapids iowa as the station's iowa city bureau chief then she returned back to minnesota for a job at abc affiliate K-S-A-X in Alexandria. Jody later returned to Iowa for her position at CBS affiliate K-I-M-T in Mason City, where she was a news anchor woman. So it's pretty impressive, like being, especially back in the, you know, early Back in the 90s. day, being an anchor woman. Yeah, back in the 90s, being an anchor woman. And, you know, she really... She wrote in a journal every day and, you know, and I'm, I'm envisioning it as probably her vision board because you know like I have that vision board over there mm-hmm. that's my like yearly vision board of what I want to accomplish within the year but then I also have a weekly one that I put down like goals and whatever yeah. for the week just little things you know whatever and try to hit those every week so I'm, I'm envisioning this was her like vision board type of thing okay. um, because she speaks a lot in there about like Kathy Gifford and you know all these higher ladies that she's like that's gonna be me someday I'm going to be there someday 
Okay, that's like, pretty that's, cool. That's sad that she never, you know, she had such drive and never made it there. On Tuesday, June 27th, 1995, Jody overslept for work, as she sometimes did. Uh, she would normally show up to work anywhere between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., like, hell the fuck no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder why she overslept. I oversleep at, like, 8 o'clock. No shit. <laughs> Oh my God, there's no way I could do this schedule. Um, so yeah, she usually shows up for work between three and four. Um, but when she didn't show up by four, the producer, Amy Coons, had called to wake her up at 4.10, as she sometimes does. You know, it's mm-hmm. not not totally out of the ordinary. Um, Jody spoke to Amy and stated that she would be right in. Now, she only lived like five minutes away from the news station, so she would make it there in more than enough time for her 6 a.m. on-air time, um, which Jody never missed. She never missed an on-air time. She'd, she'd be late for work, which I don't I don't really think it's like a punch in the clock type thing. you know. Right. Just, they just had to prepare and right, whatnot. Right. Prepare their yep. story, get, get ready, hair, makeup, blah, blah, blah but you had to be there by six to report the news. Right. Um, so Coons also noted that nothing in Jody's tone of her voice indicated any stress or anything out of the ordinary, uh, just sleepy as it, she had just woken her up with a phone call. Right. Um, however, by 6 a.m., she had still not arrived. So... Coons filled in for her on the morning show, Daybreak. At around 7, when they were done recording the show, Coons made a call to Mason City Police Department for a welfare check on Jody. Because like she said, that's totally out of the ordinary for her to miss a recording. Yep. Police arrived at the Key City Apartments, 600 North Kentucky Avenue, in Mason City, Iowa, within minutes at 7.16 a.m. Now, when they arrived, they found Jody's red Mazda Miata, which is a little red convertible. Uh-huh. And it's so tiny. You should see. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen. But they're itty-bitty. so tiny. But they noticed her car in the parking lot, as well as other obvious signs that a struggle had taken place near the car. So her personal items, including her purse, earrings, hairspray, a hairdryer, and a pair of red high-heeled shoes were strewn about. And the items were like trailing away from her car as she was forcibly being taken away from her car. Right. Um, And it was noted that Jody usually carried these items to and from work in a canvas tote bag along with her notebooks and her computer discs, but the tote bag was not found at the scene and has never been located. So I don't know if it, if that was just because maybe it was a larger tote and she had it like satcheled across her crossbody right. or, or if, you know, she just had a clutch on that. Cause I mean, her purse and everything else is like strewn about. Um, they also found the key to her car that was still in the lock on the driver's side door and it was nearly bent in half. Oh God. So it's definitely with some force. Right. And 
the they noted the driver's side mirror was also bent outward, like in the wrong direction, indicating that Jody was possibly attacked from behind and put up a struggle. So, like I said, this is a very tiny car that's a very mm-hmm. small space. So if she was standing there and put her keys in and somebody attacked her and she was struggling, right? He got bent. This got I mean, so forcefully the the keychain um, came apart from the key itself. It, oh, so, wow. Yeah, it was, looked like it was quite the struggle there. They believe that she um, was abducted around 4.30 a.m. And that was just a short 20 minutes after speaking with her coworker and only 12 fucking feet from the entrance of her apartment building. Someone had to have been watching her waiting for her it's fucking creepy yeah well very little forensic evidence was found at the crime scene but they did find a partial palm print that was obtained from jody's car and a strand of hair was also discovered according to the retired mcpd investigator frank stearns (coughs) excuse me in a television interview but he refused to say if a root was attached to the hair and also it's really not publicly known if this evidence found is related to Jody's disappearance or not. Um, And I'm not sure if they found this hair outside in the parking lot Um, because if so, if they found it it in the parking lot, it could be, it could belong to anyone. I mean, do you have any idea how much I shed? Like, I run my hand through my hair, and there's, like, freaking oh bazillion, my God. you know? Yeah. So, um... Well, it doesn't sound like they got into the car at all, so... No, they didn't get in the car, so it had to have been, you know, outside. Or, but I'm saying, I don't know if it was on her items or on... Right. I just don't know. It was kind of unclear. Um, there... He did state, though, that there were drag marks visible on the rain soaked pavement. I'm not sure if they really led anywhere, like if they led off into a trail or if they just stopped as if um, she was possibly put into another vehicle. It, it was kind of unclear. They do have definite parts of the investigation, different things that they do know that they are withholding and for good reason. As I say, keep it close to the chest as to not harm the investigation. And you know, only the perp would know such right, info. Right. As the police were doing their investigation, a witness approached stating that he'd seen a white Ford Ecoline van parked near Jody's car that was running with their lights on around the same time she disappeared as he was also leaving for work that day. He said it was like they were sitting there waiting for someone. Another witness also reporting seeing the same van parked on the street. And she stated that it was kind of odd, and that's why she took note of it, because she said no one ever parked on the street. Um, So the van has never been positively identified, and no one has ever came forward to prove or disapprove this theory. And which, I don't know, if it were you in the parking lot with the van, you would definitely identify yourself, you know, for, for just a mere reason 
to clear yourself, you know? Right. I mean, course. you're going to be driving around town in this van. And, and then somebody's like, going to be like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Hey, that's the van, you know? Right. Like, you would definitely come if you forward were and be like, yep. hey, no, that was me. I was waiting on Joe Blow down the street, you know? Like, right. You clear yourself. So that seems really sketch to me. Interviews with neighbors uh, revealed at least three people claimed that screams had been heard around 4.30 a.m., the approximate time that Jody would have been abducted. The screams lasted about a minute, but then stopped. But the apartment building was located near a campground, and the screams were dismissed as nothing more than noisy campers, which is unfortunate. You can hear the difference between a fucking scary, like, agree, agree. You can hear, like, a lib cackle over a. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> she does have a Sorry, lib. But, but. Well, even her voice, when she gets, like, you can. When she gets excited. Yeah. You can definitely note the difference between something like that than yep. a frightened scream. So I, I don't know. I mean, and I'm I, sure she yelled help. Yeah. I wasn't there. So I was you know, I can't say right. one way or another, how it was sounded, how it went down. Yep. Definitely understandable. Um, the but land- I would have at least went to my window. You know what I mean? Right. I would have at least looked out. I'm, maybe I'm just nosy, though. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. <laughs> the landlord reported hearing two different male voices in the parking lot at the time and the sound of a loud muffler. So, again, me, I'm... If anybody would have just went to the fucking window. I know. I'm nosy, play. especially at 4.30 in the morning, and if I hear people outside, I'll be like, who the fuck is out there at 4.30 in the doing? fucking morning? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I would have been like, who that? <laughs> what you want? <laughs> oh. Neighbors have also informed the police that for two weeks prior, they have found beer cans lined up at a parking spot in the parking lot that would have given a clear view of Jody's apartment and where she would park. <gasps> so, was she being stalked and watched? Definitely. Like, she was in the you know in the public eye, and a predator may have felt that they knew her. You know how fucking dudes get when they're like, "Oh, I she's talking you. to me. I yeah. love her. She's you know." Um, from her being an anchor and form an obsession, you know, it, right. it happens. It really does. And the unfortunate thing is they would know her schedule because of the airing, because it's live on air. So they would know her schedule and her home address, apartment unit, and phone number were listed in the public Mason City phone directory. Now, for all you that don't know, we used to have phone books back in the day. <laughs> I still there. And the phone book had your name, your number, your address, all that. So, yep. which I mean, you you can obtain back in the day. You used to you used to like send people letters and shit. You didn't just text them. Right, right. It was really the Stone Ages. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Oh. 
you guys missed out. I'm telling you, the 80s are the best. Yeah, I know. I always said I wanted to go back. I would probably like, I would like to live like. We were talking about Stranger Things because Tukey's been listening to the soundtrack and he just loves the music. And I'm like, yeah, I feel bad that you guys did not grow up in the 80s. Like I said, I'm telling you what, Stranger Things fucking nailed it. That is that is me growing up. And they had, um, have you watched this this season? Yeah. Okay. I finally did. So, you know, when they went to the, the skate break? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that was me every fucking Friday night. And that's exactly what it looked like. People playing video games, air hockey, fucking, <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was a total fucking flashback. Yeah. That's exactly what skate country looked like when I was growing up. I'm so sad it closed. And it was so amazing. So, yeah, I mean, even when I was younger, it was kind kind of like that. Not quite, but yeah, it was. We got cool. we got a taste of the coolness, but not all the. I'll, I'll tell you sometime about my fucking air guitars. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Mike and I just had a really long conversation about this. Five Flags used to have air guitars, so you would go up and perform on stage. And there would be a winner of the night. Now, I'm not going to mention any names, but myself and, well, I won't mention last names, but I don't know if they listen or not. And I don't know if they'd appreciate their names on the air, but I'm sure that you know who I'm speaking of. Me growing up and I say Stacy uh. and I say Christy. So <laughs> we would perform, we would choreograph dances and do them at air guitars so is this like a contest or a yeah, competition you'd win yeah and fuck it was it was the fucking best ever sometimes we just get up there air guitar but most times we did dances and i think i think we still like i seen christy not that long ago and and uh when i was doing karaoke down at freddy's and i was like hey if i play that song you remember the dance she's like fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> So did you do it? We did. It was great. It was fun. Everybody's looking at us like, what are these guys doing? But yeah, they fucking loved it. It was it was the best ever. We were laughing. Oh, God. Yeah. So you guys totally missed out growing up. I feel so bad for you. <sighs> okay. Well, back to the story. Um, Jody had lived in her apartment, which faced the parking lot since November of 1993. So she was there, you know, approximately two years. She also had the same work schedule every day and frequently talked about her social and community event plans when she was delivering the news. So she, it would be very, very easy for someone to stalk her. Right. As a matter of fact, Jody did, in fact, file a report to the Mason City Police Department that she'd been made uncomfortable by a person in a small, newer white truck on a Saturday evening in October of 1994. And this is just nine months prior to her abduction. But I do have to note here that the description the police give is kind of wishy-washy. First, it was reported as a white truck, then a black truck. So I'm unsure if it were black or white, as Michael Jackson says. <laughs> 
Oh my Why God. Why you put your head down? Um, so anyway, I don't, I don't know if the truck was black or white. That's the, quite the difference. Right. Yeah. Total night and day. Abby. Um, the truck and the driver have never been identified. So we'll never know if there was a connection there. Besides the 1994 incident, Jody also told some friends and a self-defense self-defense instructor in the months before her abduction about concerns that she might have been followed. So she was having a feeling that she was being followed. Yeah. Despite those instances, police have been publicly skeptical about the possibility of a stalker. They have abducted Jody. And I say, uh, what? I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. She did tell a few people the day before that she was receiving nasty phone calls and was planning to change her number. So that's another indication that she may have been stalked. It, it's just, I don't know. It, it's walks like a duck. Sounds like a duck. It's probably a duck. Right? Nah, it's a goose. Oh, okay. I didn't. According, according to them. Fucking quack quack. In a search of her apartment for clues, they did notice that the toilet seat was up in Jody's apartment. Raising some questions if Jody had a male visitor as she lived alone and she was single as her career was top priority. So this did raise some flags. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I don't know that I can, I don't know. Like, there's sometimes that I may put up the toilet seat and, you know, yeah, throw I mean, something in there. Or I, if I she cleaned the toilet. Yeah, or, I, you know, I mean, I, I understand that she's running late for work, so I I don't know. I, I mean, I I get up and I piss with excellence every morning. Um <laughs> You're on one today. <laughs> Fucking Ricky Bobby shake and bake. Um, <laughs> well, I have to be. You're, you're not saying much over there. You're just kind of I'm listening. engaged in this story. I am. Hardcore. <laughs> you're like really zoned in. <laughs> Sorry, I forget to like respond. Sometimes. Like, all right. So what's next? Then what? What happened? Um, but yeah, so I mean, I get, I, that's usually the first thing I do is get up use the restroom so if she had a visitor the night before i'm thinking i don't know that she would not have used her toilet the whole time so i don't i I think maybe since the keychain and everything was disconnected maybe they took her house key went inside yeah i don't i don't know i mean i just i have a lot of of her underwear (laughs) that's a real creep you never know so but yeah, I mean, could it be? Yes. Am I totally putting all my eggs in that basket? No, no, I'm not. Cause I don't know. I just find that, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm not a detective. So I don't know. They do have to take all the pieces and add them all up. Right. Her disappearance prompted one of the largest manhunts in Iowa history. Mason City Police launched a massive search aided by the FBI and the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation. Damn. 
Rescue teams scoured the countryside while divers and police dogs covered the Winnebago River and its banks. No trace of her was found. Her case has been featured on several national television programs, including America's Most Wanted, Disappeared, 48 Hours, Unsolved Mysteries, 2020, Nancy Grace, Psychic Detectives, and numerous other talk shows. So if you could find any of those, like on YouTube, or if you have I found some on Hulu and whatnot, and I was watching the documentaries, they're all really good. I suggest watching them. Jody kept a journal, like I had mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So the police were able to start their investigation with the days leading up to her disappearance. Am I boring you? No, I'm just really tired. <laughs> I I got up at like five o'clock this morning. Yeah, I feel it. With somebody, I'm just teasing. <laughs> the it's day you, it's my bedtime. The day before she disappeared, Jody participated in a golf tournament. Now, I later found out that that tournament actually got rained out, so she just went to the celebration of it yep. instead of the actual golfing. According to Mason City resident and close friend of Jody's, John Van Sice, remember the name. She then went to his house to view a homemade videotape of a birthday celebration that he had arranged for her earlier that month. Now let's put a pin right there. Okay. Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Jody's friend, John Van Sice, and two other men arrived at the key apartments that morning while police were on the scene. He lives close by, but he used to live in that apartment complex. That's where they met. Uh, huh. So he's familiar with the place. Police say Van Sice told them that he was the last person to see Jody alive and that she had stopped by his Mason City duplex the night before to watch a video of a surprise 27th birthday party he helped throw for Jody on June 10th. Now, what a strange use of words. I mean, right? The last one to see Jody alive? That's how you approach the police? Yeah. Hmm. Seems suspicious. Weirdy. No. Um, if she is, in fact, dead, the last person to see her alive is the killer. So what are you saying here, my man? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Gotcha. Um, not to mention, how do you know you were the last one to see her? How do you know she and did why not why would have... you tell the police that? Just say she was at my house the night before. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, his choice of words are just mind-blowing. And how do you know that she didn't have other plans after she left your place? Like... Did she give you a play-by-play 
Right. And tell you everything. So how do you know, like, after she left your house, she didn't go meet someone else or have someone come over, hence the toilet seat up? You know, I mean, how do you know that? That That's totally a fucking huge red flag right there. Yeah. I mean. I would have looked more into that guy. So he threw a birthday party for Jody just a few weeks before her abduction. It was held at Sully's Bar in a building in Clear Lake, Iowa. The building was owned by a friend of Jody and Vansice's and a businesswoman's former wife, and she shot the video. Sources say the 18-minute video was given to Vansice the day before Jody disappeared. So he invited Jody to come over to his place to watch it. Jody also spent the weekend before she disappeared, so which would have been June 23rd through the 25th, on a water skiing trip to Iowa City with Van Sice, along with her good friends, Annie, Tammy, and Van Sice's son, Trent, who was a college student in Iowa City at the time. The group stayed at Trent's apartment. Tammy shared a room with Jody. The previous weekend, June 17th and 18th, Tammy stayed with Jody at her Mason City apartment. Tammy says that they spent time with John Van Sice and other friends in Clear Lake that weekend, boating and dancing. Jody's last entry in her personal journal was dated the previous Sunday, June 25th, and she wrote about how much fun that she had water skiing on Van Sice's boat that weekend. Actually, Van Sice named the boat after Jody. Seems like he's got a little bit of a uh, obsession. Although her name was never actually painted on the boat, it was named after her. Again, weirdy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My thoughts, exactly. I mean, do you name boats after your friends? I mean, it depends. If they have a really good name that could, like, the boat could come out with a really good name, <laughs> maybe. I'd think about it, but probably not. Okay. Well, and did I, I mean, mention that he was 22 years older than Jody? Yeah, that makes it weird. That makes it super weird. Yeah. But anyway, obviously, I think he's having some feels and Jody was not about that life. No. Like, in one of the documentaries that I watched, and I'm not sure which one I'm referring to here, because like I said before, rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I watched a few. But they they released the video and you can just see in that video of the birthday party, the one that his he's obsession about, with her, I how... believe <laughs> I've seen um, parts of that clip, and he was just like, he's like, oh, hanging on her. Yeah, and he, and if he's not like right by her, he's staring. He just watches her, like he wants her. It's quite obvious. I mean, Jody's sister believed that Van Sice was fixated on her sister. But Jody didn't want anything other than a friendship from him. But you you can just tell, like, he is super fixated on her. Mm-hmm. He's, he's obsessed. 
every time Jody would dance or spend time with another guy, you can see John on the video, like rubbernecking <laughs> and just like total focus, focused as hell on the both of them and just weird look in his eyes. And you can, you can just see that he's pissed off. He wanted her to himself and you can, you can see it. Creepy. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So let's take that pin out. Okay. Okay. So he made the comment to the police that he was the last one to see her quote alive. So the police told Van Sice to bring the video to the MC PD station. That's where and when he was interviewed by the investigators. He later told media that he took a polygraph and passed with flying colors, which I don't know. It, it hasn't been publicly announced by the police department if he passed or failed. It, I, he's saying he passed. Van Sice has repeatedly denied any involvement in Jody's abduction and has never been arrested or charged in connection with Jody's disappearance. So let's make that clear. Like he's, he is, however, a person of interest. He's not labeled a suspect. Okay. Just a person of interest. I mean, I don't know how, but whatever. Interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a difference. And it has, it has to do with if they're, a person of if interest willing, means it's more open. A suspect means they've got They're building a case and they're going to arrest. You. Yeah. So two federal grand juries have reportedly been convened in connection with Jody's case. Two indictments were handed down by either grand jury. Now, a friend of Van Sice, LaDonna Woodford, provided an alibi for him and testified that he was home when she called him about 6 a.m. on June 27th, 1995. Who the fuck's making a call at 6 a.m.? And they went for a walk in the neighborhood. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, he, he's an older fella. These older people get up earlier and get their I guess. workout and walk on and they go to bed at 8 a.m. like you, or 8 p.m. like you, you know. Shut up. <laughs> it's just, they get up in the morning. I don't get up that early. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. Anyway. So, okay. So he was home at 6 a.m. Big fucking whoop. She went missing at 4.30. That gives him yeah. an hour and a half. That's 90 minutes. To be home when he lives blocks away. Like, I don't get why that's such a fucking great alibi there. He like, took her and she's fucking... Yeah, tied up in his fucking basement. Like, creeper. I don't know. I shouldn't say that because I don't know, but... Okay. I make an assumption. Yeah, but I, I feel know. like they're... Um, pretty, uh... But anyway, and then he shows up at her apartment when the police are there investigating. Now, that. Mind you, this is prior to the media announcing her disappearance. Now, as a close friend, did you step? Now, as a close friend, would you not know that your friend is at work at that time? Like, right. you know, I, I don't fucking get it. 
so why would you go to their place? Like, what is the reasoning there? I don't, something's fucking fishy in fucking Siberia. I don't fucking like it. Somebody's lying and it's you. <laughs> um, another reason that he seems sus is that he kept speaking of her in past tense. Like she was and she used to. Yeah, that sounds really fucked up. That, because if I that to me is like if I'm your friend. I'm like sh- she's a really good person. You yeah, know what I mean. Like, yeah, not she's. I'm still. I'm still hoping that they're still alive and we find them. Yeah. So I don't. I, I don't know. That's really sus to me. I. I don't. I don't like. I don't love it at all. Mm-mm. I don't love that. Um, he gave an interview, and used these terms during the interview as well, and then. Um, stated that she had no reason to think she was being followed or stalked. And then during a later interview, he changed the story and said that she stated she was worried about being stalked and followed since she was on television. So he fucking switched up his story there. And that that's like number one red flag. I, I don't know. I just... Number one red flag is you're a creep. <laughs> You're not hanging out the passenger side. That's a scrub. Howling at me. I don't want any scrubs. Well, he's, yeah, he's that too. Well, anyway, guess who moved to Phoenix, Arizona shortly after her disappearance? Hmm. Yep. John Van if you're such good friends, why wouldn't you stay there and look for her? And he wants nothing to do with any more questioning or interviews. I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I can't blame him. But boy, that is not a good look. Mm-hmm. It's not a good look at all. I don't know. You're you're trying to do anything you can to help your good friend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're not trying to do anything. Like, moving off and saying you don't want to talk to anybody anymore. Okay. Sus. Like, I get it. Like, you get to a point where people are blaming you and trying to pin things on you. But it didn't seem like he was trying to be helpful from the beginning at all. Yeah, I mean, and I don't don't know, like, total details of, like, did he do this or did he do that? But it's just what has been reported. It's just sus it's really sus and if you watch one of the documentaries they go out to arizona and they're like in his backyard and they're like hey homeboy i seen that and he's he was yelling fucking freaked balls yeah he freaked balls so yeah it's very like just his demeanor and every because he was he didn't even give the release so it was like his face was covered and he was just, he wouldn't even say anything until he got back behind his fence and then he yeah. started freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that fence made him a real tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that yeah. Was, so that's the one. That's an old school keyboard warrior. <laughs> <laughs> kind of oh, like, kind of like a dog once it's behind its, you know, kind of, or once it's in its kind of like oh, yeah. real talk. It'll bark. Gets Bro. out and you'll be like, what's up? 
In March of 2017, Van Sice was subpoenaed by a federal grand in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He drove from his home in Phoenix, Arizona to provide a DNA sample, fingerprints, and palm prints. Police also executed a search warrant for GPS data from two vehicles that he owned. No charges came as a result of that grand jury. In one of the documentaries that I watched, and I I wish I had taken better notes, but they theorized that after Jody left Van Sice's place, he wished to spend more time with her, so possibly showed up at her apartment later, which could possibly be the, quote, male visitor with the toilet seat being up. Uh, there were some other indications that she did have a visitor as well. So maybe he went to talk about a relationship and got shot down, kicked out, and came back with a vengeance. I mean, I don't know. And, and it could have been anyone. I don't know. <clears throat> Dudes can get weird. I could actually go on and on about this dude, but I don't have any definite, definitive proof. Right. And innocent until proven guilty. So... That's all I will say about that. Yeah. In May of 1996, approximately 100 volunteers searched an area of Cerso Gordo County and left flags to mark anything that appeared suspicious. Each of these sites were then re-examined by law enforcement, but no promising evidence was located. Police and private investigators have conducted more than 1,000 interviews but none have resulted in conclusive evidence pointing to a suspect. Jody was declared legally dead in May of 2001. Hmm. When new cases arise that appear to have similarities with Jody's or whenever remains are discovered in the area, speculation quickly leads to a connection with the missing woman. I mean, that's quite obvious. When the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation established a cold case unit in 2009, Jody's disappearance was one of approximately 150 cases listed on the cold case unit's new website as those the DCI hoped to solve using latest advancements in DNA, DNA technology. Although federal grant funding for the DCI cold case unit was exhausted in December 2011, which is really unfortunate. But the DCI continues to assign agents to investigate cold cases as new leads develop or technological, technic, technological <laughs> advances allow for additional forensic testing of original evidence. You can tell I've been talking way too much. That's what that's, I get. That's a hard word, though. Bitty, bitty, bitty. Oh, boy. They do have her dental records and a DNA sample. So if remains are ever found, they can run a test or match her um, dental records. But other than leads coming through or something found, they do not have the funds to actively investigate, which, you know, like I, I said. I mean, it's a pretty old case. It's, yeah. it's unfortunate that they don't have the funds or the manpower to get these cases solved, like cold cases that, you know, 
especially right. missing persons. Like, just the not knowing. Yeah. So, it's, it's horrible. One person of interest was convicted serial rapist, Tony Dejan Jackson. At the time of her disappearance, he was 21 and lived in Mason City, just two blocks from the TV station. In 1998, and he had con- in 1998, he had confessed to her murder to his cellmate when he was locked up. He claimed that he buried her body near a farm in Tifton, Iowa, in an area that he was familiar with. However, no trace of her was ever found there. In 2015, it was revealed that a witness came forward and linked him to her. According to the witness, who was a friend of his, said that they had met at a bar shortly before her disappearance. Investigators have yet to officially name him a suspect in her case. So that's just one. I feel like that may have been a little bit of jailhouse chatter yeah i agree because like they said they searched the area and didn't find anything right so in january of 2000 or january 22 2020 aired an episode about jody's case and released more information and suspects that were not previously released to the public this again is a problem with the media as i stated before Hold it close to the chest, people. Until the case is solved, like, I don't know. It, you're you're giving away some pertinent information that could be very vital yeah. to the case. But one of those suspects was Thomas Korsakidin. I don't, I don't, uh, he didn't like that. He didn't he like that at all. He don't like that name. Nope. Okay, we won't say that again. <laughs> He is a convicted sex offender who is currently incarcerated, who, according to his ex-wife, was obsessed with Jody and had ties to the Mason City area. Now, I don't know if that's ex-wife vile talk or if that's right. true. At the time of Jody's disappearance, he did drive a white van, which he dubbed his, are you ready for the name of the van? Oh, God. Right. It's, yeah. The Porn Palace. (laughs) Fucking gross. You're gross, dude. I bet. (laughs) I bet he just watched porn in there and he didn't even, he didn't even make porn in there, which is what he was going for. But he just watched a whole lot of porn in there. And he had a disgusting mattress. Oh, yeah, the porn palace. That's gross. And, but remember, a white man was reported to have been seen outside of Jody's apartment complex at the time of her disappearance that has never been identified. So Mm -hmm. maybe. In prison, he was also heard saying, Jody's dead, despite the fact that Jody was still considered a missing person. A warrant was obtained to gather his palm print to see if it matched the one found on her car the day of the abduction. However, when it came time to obtain the print, he reportedly became belligerent and refused to cooperate. 
it is unknown if his prints were ever obtained and if they matched the ones found on Jody's car. Um, like, can you not get a court order for that? Right. Like, if you have, I don't know. I would think if they really thought that they had a leg to stand on, they would get a court order to obtain his fall print. Like, I, I don't know. They so. can't, can't just be like, ah, nah. Oh, you don't want to? Okay, bud. Okay. Go sit down. Go back to yourself. Yeah, especially being locked up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you go into the system, you have to provide a sample of your DNA, and it goes into CODIS, which I think is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Because if any offenders out there, dude, cold case, hit ya. When I went in there, (laughs) I got all sides of my hands and Fingers and everything. You went into prison? Not in prison. (laughs) I spent a whole night in jail. (laughs) Don't drink and drive, folks. Yeah. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Not worth it. It's very expensive. But yeah, I was asking him why you, because they Uh print the sides. I was like, why do you do that? And he's like, oh, for peeping Toms and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. Have you ever peeped in Toms? No. Because they didn't link me to anything. But just in case I do, they, they can catch me. They're going to get you. If you were that fucking... The... The Cheeto? The high school fucking... Up by Hempstead High School. Sporting his fucking... Frank and the Twins. or Richard, Richard and the Twins. twins. <laughs> Why do I want to keep saying Frank? Frank and Beans. Yeah, don't expose... Don't expose your bean. Peeking in people's windows. <laughs> okay, good girl. Anyway, at the end of the episode, um, one of the lead detectives that was currently in charge of Jody's case said that he believes he knows who the unsub is, but he chooses not to name names until the suspect is in custody. <laughs> and he is just waiting for that final tip to break the case open. Hopefully um, that day will come. And and I, you know, it, if he knows, I would rather that he does not mention names because then. Right, of course, then it'll yeah. throw it all off. Yep. But, uh, yeah, every time remains are found, her family is hopeful yet anxious. March. Uh, I would hate that I so know, much. I know. March of 2021, a citizen located clothing and what they believe to be human bones in the shore of the Winnebago River near North Illinois Avenue in Mason City. Officers responded to the scene and collected the bones and clothing found by the citizen and continued to search the area, and they did find additional bones. The site is near the key apartments where Jody lived and where she was abducted from. The evidence was sent to the Iowa Office of the State Medical Examiner in Aikany for examination and it was determined to not be Jody. May of 2018, human remains found near Mason City, and I remember this when this first was made public, people were immediately thinking that it was the missing jogger Molly Tibbetts uh-huh. because she had not yet been found at that time. Um, but then the media released um, that they stated the remains may have been there and it was a it was a shallow grave that they right. found 
um, the remains may have been there for between five to 15 years. So then people were questioning if it were Jody Hoosentruth or possibly even maybe Crystal Arnsdorf from here in Dubuque, who has been missing since July 3rd of 2001. The remains are believed to be from a white female between the ages of 20 to 45 with a height between five to five feet, seven inches tall. So this could be the description of both Jody or Crystal. Mm -hmm. The remains were found in the, on 22000 block of 275th street in rural Mason city, which is pretty rural area. It's like farm country out there. Yeah. The remains were taken to the Iowa state medical examiner's office in Ankeny for an autopsy and testing. Officials said a forensic oncologist determined the remains were not those of Jody who is intrude. And yes, I have already asked Crystal's sister at the time the remains were found. No, they are not the remains of Crystal either. Bittersweet for both families. You know, it's like you hope it is, but then you hope it isn't. You know, right. like you want that final closure, but you don't want that. You don't want it to be them, but you her. want to know. So. So there are other theories that police investigated. Um, Jacob Wetterling connection. Do you have you do you know anything of that? Nah. Okay, Jacob went missing on, and I think he was like a, a, don't quote me, but I think he was like maybe 14 or something like that, maybe younger. He was young, 14 or under. Um, Jacob went missing on October 22nd, 1989 from St. Joseph, Minnesota, which is only 208 miles, which is like three and a half hours from Mason City, Iowa. He, his younger brother, and a friend biked down to Tom Thumb, which was a corner convenience store, to rent a video, and on the way back, encountered a man with a gun. Um, I have listened to a few podcasts on this story, and, I, and I'm not going to go into detail about this, um, because someday it is a possible story for us, because it is, it's quite interesting, and it's, it's, it's a mm-hmm. story that should probably be told, since it's within our region here. Um, but yeah, he was missing for 27 years until found in 2016. They were also uh, thinking a possible connection of the murder of an Iowa teen, Michelle Martinko, in the parking lot of the Westdale Mall in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Her murder was unsolved until 2018 when a detective read about the Golden State Killer case being solved through a family member doing a genetic genealogy test and thought, why not? Worth a try. And fucking struck a hit. Oops. Yeah. A person was arrested for this and the case solved. But during his interview, he said something pretty unforgettable. Not to mention, found a history of searches pertaining to criminal subjects, including the murder of blonde women, 
and pornographic matter involving blonde women. But that's not what struck them hard. What struck them was what he said. When the detective interviewing him um, reminded him that um, Michelle, you know, he was questioning him and asked him about, you know, do you know Michelle, blah, 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 blah. um, His response was, it was a big deal. I don't exactly remember what happened. Then he said, yeah, I seen something about Jody who's in true recently. Um, right? Yeah. What? This and the similarities were eerie. Two pretty young women, both meeting their final fate in parking lots, both in Iowa, 16 years apart in cases that went unsolved for decades. Now, Cedar Rapids, Iowa is just 135 miles, approximately two hours southeast of Mason City. And these two women look so familiar that it's scary. Let me show you a picture. I mean, they look eerily familiar. So it's just one of those things that make you go, hmm. The first one is Michelle. The second oh, one is Joey. Okay. Yeah, they do look very similar. Yeah, they look super, like they could be sisters, definitely. Yeah, definitely. almost close to twins. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so if, if you want a deeper dive on Michelle's case, because like I said, there is a lot on this case obviously this is a very long episode and yeah. i was just saying to mercedes sorry people we should have probably broken <laughs> this up into two so i apologize for being so long this is for all the people that want more <laughs> yeah they want more but um yeah we maybe should have done a two-parter on this because then i could have went even a little bit deeper but if you do want a deeper dive there is a podcast it's um finds jody podcast that a team of reporters have gotten together and I'm sure that's because she was a reporter and, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they have, they've gotten together and they break everything down. Like they have just an episode just on her car. They have an episode of different theories. They have an episode on just this John Van Sice. And so it is really in detail. So if you want something, um, go listen to that. It's very detailed information. Um, yeah, but I, I guess I just go back to, uh, so what happened that fateful day on June 27th, 1995, it's still unknown. And there is a family out there that need answers that deserve answers. So if someone somewhere knows something, even if it's just that little piece that you think might not be a big deal, could be a big deal. So if you have any information about Jody's case, you can reach out to the Mason City Police Department at 641-421-3636, or you can share information with the Iowa Department of Criminal Investigation, the DCI, at 515-725-6010, or via email at dciinfo at dps.state.iowa.us. 
You can also reach out to find Jody anonymously, and they have a number, 970-458-JODI, that's 5634, or via email at team at If you call the police department or one of these places, her case number is 95-08176. NCIC number is M-84455-9811. NamUs MP number is 404. There are dentals available. I'm sorry, her NamUs number is 402. Dentals are available and DNA is available. So if anybody has any information, like like we said, if even the simplest thing that you might not think is important, right, may break the case wide open. And like you know, like like that guy said, he <laughs> thinks he knows. He just needs that little bit of information. So yep. that could be exactly what's needed. That could be that one part of information that somebody knows that. Um, breaks the whole thing open so i hope for her family's sake for jody's sake that she is one day found like i said it's been 27 fucking years that you know somebody knows something and it's just horrible that somebody is missing for 27 years it's it's awful i i wouldn't want that i i wouldn't want that for any person so it is definitely horrible yeah just yeah. not not knowing. Yeah, the whole not knowing is just, no, can't do it. When somebody doesn't answer their phone for a whole hour, my, my mind goes crazy. <laughs> I couldn't imagine 27 years. I know. I know. Hey, remember that time that you were answering for work? Oh, my God. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I freaked balls. I had the sheriff out looking for you on Dude, the fucking roads. you I... called my boss. <laughs> at your second job at yeah. my second job and they were like contacting me like hey what's going on I was like my phone died and I overslept I'm so sorry <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ uh huh she had yeah, I, everybody after me and it, it was it, it, the, it was like two hours <laughs> two fucking hours hey when you I, I don't like it I fucking worry and I, you know, all you have to do is respond back and be like, overslept. And I'm like, oh, thank God she's alive. She's somewhere. She's whatever. But the whole not responding, not knowing. That kills a mama. Well, I'm sorry my phone died and <laughs> I made some questionable decisions that night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you sure did. <sighs> all right. Well, um, since our episode was so long tonight, um, we're going to let Mercedes and Oliver get heading home before he decides to get hungry or tired or whatever. So we are not going to do the dumbest criminal of the night. I apologize. Um, Uh, Well, they got a super long story. They did get a super long story. I think it makes up for it. Okay. So even though Eric is still um, working on the van, unfortunately, poor fella, getting that all ready. Um, he was able, he says, I'm still working on the van, but here's the joke. Um, so here's the joke of the week. I hope when I invented, <laughs> I say that 
inevitably. <laughs> Choke to death on gummy bears. People just say, I was killed by bears and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds tough. Dad joke, one one. Oh, God. That was a good, nice, calm joke. That was a We good like one. that one. Yeah. I don't like missing person case. Oh. Like Tuki said, I want to know what happened. I know. This is, it drives me crazy. We are working on a big missing persons case, and that one, I, oh, I feel that might have to be two episodes, if not possibly three, so. Holy shit. Yeah, it'll, well, depending on how diet, deep we dive into it, I've been working on it for a hot minute, so. <laughs> All right, well, I will um, stop talking so that you guys can get loaded up and get home. Um, anything you want to say or do or? Um, I just want to remind everybody to uh, send in their stories from their neck of the woods at um, momandmurder at gmail.com. Otherwise, on our Facebook page. And please, please send in some stories. Don't yes. make us beg. We want to hear stories. You. We want to hear fun stories as well as, I mean, we want to hear about Anything. Know. Yeah, anything. Send us and some stories. Leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. And if we read your story on air, you're going to get a cool cool mom and murder merch. So why would you not send in a story? You can be anonymous. You don't have to say, hey, this is me from this town and this is what I did. And yada, yada, yada. You can just be like, say anonymous. Make up a town. I don't freaking care. We want to hear your stories. Exactly. Damn it, Dan wants to come read him. Which we don't know if we'll allow him to, but we'll let him think he can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Well, I think that's all I have. And if you don't have anything more, then listen to your mother. And don't let old dudes name, name boats after you. Ooh, creep. <laughs> <laughs>